Hello, and welcome to the Ontic Protective Intelligence Podcast. I'm Fred Burton with the Ontic Center for Connected Intelligence. During my years as a counterterrorism agent with the U.S. State Department and time spent as a physical security expert in the private sector, I've seen it all and met many fascinating people along the way. This podcast series explores the riveting world of safety, security, and protection through conversations with leaders in the field. I'm Fred Burton, and now on to the podcast. Hi, I'm Fred Burton, and I'm here today with John Rodriguez. John is the founder of Empathic Security Cultures based in Austin, Texas. John brings over 41 years of pure corporate security experience working for major corporations, including General Motors, Kimberly Clark, Levi Strauss and Company, and Cardinal Health. John is a security generalist with a passion for security culture, development, coaching, and mental health for a psychologically safe workplace and mitigating hostile environment risk. John, welcome to Ontic's Protective Intelligence Podcast. Hi, Fred. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's certainly our pleasure. I've been hearing a lot of about you and your work uh, through the various corporate security departments. And uh, tell our audience a little bit about Empathic Security Solutions. Um, after about 40 years in the, in the corporate world as a generalist, I saw an area that uh, I really love, and that's kind of the art of human connection, the soft side of influencing folks at, at all levels. So I saw uh, an opportunity, I think, and I think COVID was another factor with mental health, and, and I know we'll probably talk about that later in our chat. So things came together and I saw the the chance and something I've, I love to do. I, I consulted uh, for some years early when NAFTA was uh, approved back in the, the 90s. And uh, I just love working with different security leaders and business leaders. And, you know, if, looking at our profession, I kind of split it into the, the science part of corporate security uh, video systems or access control or a policy procedure. You know, it has a beginning, middle and end. Um, that's, you know, I've done that all my life, all my career, but the other half is the human piece on connecting with folks and understanding folks to help develop uh, the culture at work. And every company has a different kind of culture and safety and security fall under or part of that culture. And I've always loved human interaction and my minor long time ago was in uh, psychology and sociology. So I saw an area and I was helping with mentoring folks on uh, influencing, understanding, empathy, compassion, even conducting corporate interviews and investigations, kind of how to look at things a little bit different and working with business leaders to change the work environment for the better, where employees felt real and perceived a better sense of security. And, and, and that's into another discussion, but I'll stop right there, Fred, if you have any uh, insight or any other questions, we can keep going. Yeah, John, it's really interesting because uh, as you and I were chatting off, off air, you know, we've been in this business a long time and 
you know, I can remember my days starting off as a cop and then as an agent and so forth. And, you know, quite frankly, there wasn't a lot of discussion about mental health in this business at all back in the day. I mean, you worked the hours that you worked, you were assigned uh, to your details and you kind of just muddled through. Yeah. And that's, Historically, if you look at the evolution of the senior most security leaders in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, and 80s, uh, it was heavily law enforcement or military that took over those positions. And, you know, they came from their own respective cultures. And in those other cultures, mental health was not, uh, you know, considered the way it is today. So, I think security professionals were just like anybody else. And I'll I'll focus on on two numbers real quick. One is the number of folks that have or will have a mental health diagnosis in their lifetime, World Health Organization and other uh, authorized or recognized groups uh, have determined a number that pre-COVID, it was one in five fell in that category. And after COVID, it it went up to one in four or 25% of folks have or will have a a diagnosis in their life. The big unknown number that I talk about when I work with clients and with uh, coaching individuals is how many of us, and I'm part of the second group, how many have loved ones or friends that we care for, family members we love deeply, and they're going through a mental health journey. And how do we understand what they're going through and how do we support them? Because we, we care for them. So if you combine those two numbers, I would say, and I never could find an authority that could define that second number. But if you combine the two numbers, in my opinion, I think it's 60 to maybe 70% of us either have lived through an experience ourselves or have a family member or loved one or spouse or somebody important in their life that impacts us. So our mental health impacts our physical health and those two combined impact how good we are at what we do in protecting others. And it all starts with understanding our own mental health and understanding the biggest challenge, which is stigma. And it's really strong, I think, in our profession. So, you know, that's that's the initial tie-in that, and I think it's getting better gradually, the, the stigma piece, because, and it's not led by the security profession, it's led by society. And I think the younger generation is saying, forget stigma. You know, Simone Biles took herself out of the Olympics, uh, I think last go around. Um, what was the name of the swimmer? I forgot his name. He admitted that he was struggling with depression. You know, folks, Dak Prescott, the Dallas quarterback, he lost the brother who took his own life. So things are starting to be talked about. And that stigma, we, we have a long way to go, I think, but there is some, some light at the end of the tunnel. And that's kind of what I try to role model. And, and I have a piece in my work that I do on a family member that went through a journey and it impacted the rest of us. And uh, I think vulnerability is something that 
is the next evolution of the security professionals to say, yeah, you know, I, you know, I, I have my ups and downs and sometimes my downs, you know, really impact my day. And maybe I need to look, take a different perspective on my mental health and talk about it with their, at least with their department, you know, the security managers and directors uh, in their team as, as a starting point. Or better yet, get involved with the corporations that are fortunate to have employee assistance programs or mental health or mental wellness initiatives to be part of that. I think it's a huge opportunity for the security profession to get more involved. And I always, one of the things I, I stress is innovation. The ones that the security leaders who get downsized because companies are reducing headcount, I think some of those may have been able to sell, save their job by being more innovative, being more involved in things like mental health, mental wellness, and, and so and security culture, understanding and reaching out to business leaders to say, hey, I know I don't make widgets or services or products, but what I can do, what my team can do is make your employee base at any of your facilities feel safer and, and better to work here. They like work here, working here. And I think our department, our function can contribute to employee retention and maybe employee attraction. Now, John, how have you seen the mental health needs of protectors evolve since the pandemic? And what trends are you seeing based on your work and study and discussions with companies? I think it's improving, but a lot of it, Fred, depends on the size of the company. I think the bigger the company, the better. They have more resources. Um, the medium-sized companies that are focused on people as concepts uh, and assets and say, well, turnover is part of the cost of doing business. Those are the ones that are going to be missing an opportunity where they could not only retain talent and take care of their people better, but reduce those costs of turnover and part-time coverage and so forth. So I think the security function, as they learn more about that and step out of their traditional core services that we all do a good job of, you know, we're great, we're great at responding, we're great at predictive analysis, and we're getting better organizations like yours are fantastic to help the, the security departments get better at what they do. But I think the security professional should always be looking at the, the employees as in what more am I missing? How can I better serve our employee population? We'll get back to the conversation in just a moment. But first, I wanted to tell you a little bit about Ontic's Center for Connected Intelligence. In the world of safety, security, and protection, we know that gathering and sharing information is crucial. That is why we created the Ontic Center for Connected Intelligence. The center is a hub for the ongoing exchange of security strategies and best practices, insights on current and past trends, and sharing valuable information through expert discussion and analysis. It's made up of seasoned experts across a wide range of disciplines. 
To find blogs, podcasts, webinars, white papers, and more, check out The Center by visiting ontic.co slash center. That's ontic.co slash center. Now, John, you wrote a great article for Security Magazine addressing how to take a security awareness program from checking the boxes to being a truly integrated security culture. So what advice would you give leaders on building a successful security culture within an organization? I think first of all, look, look at it, Fred, as a journey. It's not a program of, a, of the year or, 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 or a two-year thing. It's, there's no end. It's an art, and you can always get better. I think, you know, now since COVID in the last few years, empathy and compassion and culture and soft skills are the, the buzzwords and the terms that everybody's jumping on. But one advice that I'd give security leaders is have a different mindset on those topics because they're, they're real and they're needed, just like mental health that we talked about a few minutes ago. But we all just have a certain amount of minutes in our day to spend besides doing our, our day job and, and, and taking care of business and doing the best we can. We should set aside some minutes of the day or somebody be your, your researcher on things like culture, understanding, and empathy. And there's a bunch of different perspectives of what empathy is and, and sympathy and compassion. And neuroscientists argue different perspectives. So I always tell folks, really dig down on who's talking, who's writing the article, who's doing the, the, the presentation, and search to find out if they have the years or decades of frontline experience with those corporate battle scars where they've failed and they've learned and they really know what they're talking about versus somebody that's just have a few years under their belt and they they pick a topic like empathy or they start writing about security culture and they just take concepts from other books or other other people and they make it sound real good but there's no practical examples of how that person applied the concept with the business leader and how it failed or succeeded or gradually succeeded. So I think there's a huge opportunity. I think the internet has some terrible things and some wonderful things, but it's just so much information. You know, it's a fire hose and, and we see stuff posted and, and, and shared. And I hope this podcast with you, it, it, at least this takeaway, really sort out who you're listening to. And, you know, I've known you, Fred, like I mentioned earlier for, you know, 30 plus years and known of you and admired all your work and your insight. So, you know, you're the one I heard our, 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 uh, our common friend uh, connect us. I said, I'd be honored to chat with, with Fred. So I'm very picky of who I invest my time in because I want to learn from you as much as hopefully I can share some different perspectives. So I think those are just some very initial things to start looking at, but it's, it's a journey and it's the art of human connection versus the science, which we all have to be pretty darn good at doing it. 
because if we fail, you know, that could be very negatively impactful to our people in our business. Well, John, you appreciate those very kind words. Uh, you know, the, the nature of our business, as you know, from your years in corporate security and traveling the globe, I, I mean, this is an industry that at times, uh, you know, is 24 by seven. We're in some dangerous places. Uh, we're working holidays, weekends, we're missing family events and so forth. And the job can be really, really tough at times. And so if you're standing back and you're listening to this podcast, whether you're in a follow car or you're in your vehicle driving into corporate headquarters or you're, you're traveling from here to Timbuktu on, on the job, what are some of the takeaways that you would recommend for our listeners? Meaning, what is it that you would want them to take away from this podcast that uh, helps them navigate their life and career in this business? I'd say first, be honest with themselves on their physical and mental health. That's the, uh, that drives everything. You know, our, our spiritual health, our emotional health, our, our physical health. Without those pillars, not just in, in being a, a good family member, a good dad, a good husband or wife or son or daughter, that starts way before being a, a professional because our personal lives form our professional successes in so many ways. So being honest and vulnerable and, you know, simple example would be, you know, most of us go to our, our annual physical uh, checkups. We do the blood work. We get checked out by our, our, uh, our medical provider. Well, think about trying uh, a checkup on your mental wellness. At least start learning about it and you'll be surprised how much good, clear, simple information is out there. And sticking on in, in, with mental health, at the very least, find a confidant in your life. And if you're going through something, it could be a, a challenge at work, a challenge in your personal life, find one confidant at least, and just open up. And there's, there's a, it's so helpful sharing and opening your heart to somebody that you trust and you'll be, you'll be, uh, I think you'll be gently surprised. That's one small, little, but very important step. If you can embrace it, the mental health and mental wellness head on and understand and say, you know, forget the stigma, you know, I'm going to do this for me and to be a better person that'll translate into being a better professional. What would you tell a young John Rodriguez now looking back on your career? Well, I tell folks that, you know, on day one with General Motors, I was a midnight proprietary security officer. You got to be humble. You got to be curious and empathic. If you can have at least those three traits, you know, humble to keep your mouth shut and listen and learn and sort out who's a good person to follow. And even with bad examples, you learn something. You learn how not to be curious, to always grow, to have that mindset that uh, life's learning something every day and understand or, and learn about, uh, about empathy. And that could be a whole different you know, conversation. So 
that's what I was lucky and blessed to have those character traits besides learning. And I was fortunate to be a generalist. So I did crisis management, travel risk management, supply chain, security, you name it. I was lucky to do that. So the other advice I would be is I would give to a young professional is, you know, do you want to be a specialist or maybe be really good at two or three things? Or maybe look at the opportunity to be a generalist. You can be a specialist, but there's other folks in your department or in different organizations that might have an area like crisis management or intelligence, like you know, your background, and go and ask for help. You know, with that humility and curiosity, if you ask the right way, and you know, the majority of time that person's gonna be receptive just because you were respectful. And uh, you know, you can open a lot of doors to grow and learn. The more you can learn about our profession, the more valuable you're going to be, the more you're going to grow, the more business leaders are going to see you as critical to their business success. Yeah, it's very, very sound and sage advice, my friend. Is there anything that I haven't asked you, John, that you would like to say? I think we covered the the main things, Fred. And, uh, you know, it's an honor to, to chat with you. And uh, hopefully, uh, this will be the first of, of, uh, of more uh, work that we can team up together and, and maybe help folks. You know, we're on the home stretch of our careers and uh, I love helping people. And you know, in fact, you're doing this, you're helping, you're helping a lot of people with, uh, with these discussions. So thank you for the, uh, for the opportunity to, to chat with you. John, if uh, our listeners want to get a hold of you, what's the best way? I think LinkedIn, John Rodriguez, uh, Empathic Security Cultures um, is the, the easiest way. Our website is Empathic Security Cultures with the S at the end, plural.com. We're going to start redoing our, our uh, website, but LinkedIn is the easiest. Well, thank you so much for being on the OnTick Protective Intelligence podcast today. Thank you, Fred. This episode was brought to you by the Ontic Center for Connected Intelligence. Learn more at ontic.co slash center. Again, that's ontic.co slash center. It was produced by AJ McKeon. Our music is a track called Monteverdi Ride and was written by Brian Bristow and performed by Smoke and Novus. Check them out on Spotify. Please remember to rate and review our podcast on iTunes and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you have questions, we'd love to hear them. You can reach us at podcasts at ontic.co or visit ontic.co slash center for more information. Thanks for listening.